through an interest in the paranormal, I joined the College of Psychic Studies in London. Uh, but in those days, I was mostly interested in um, hypnotism, um, telepathy, and um, also in UFOs. And from that, um, if I just explain that, as I say, I'm an accountant, and uh, I found that one of my clients was a medium. And um, when he learned of my interest, he invited me to go to one of his circle meetings. And with this, I found um, a good opportunity not to be missed. So I went along, and in fact, um, I went for a few years until mm. eventually he had to give up the circle because of his health. Um, medium was Mr. Jerry Sherrick. Um, uh, Jerry is also, he calls himself a psychic Samaritan, and he used to deal with a lot of poltergeist cases, so that's another thing I became involved with. I used to go with him to various people suffering from poltergeist problems. And others used to come to the circle meetings and uh, people in need of help. But um, Jerry and I both shared an interest in UFOs. Anyway, um, this was several weeks after Jerry Sherrick and I had been discussing the spaceships of Ezekiel, and uh, something strange started to happen. Uh, first of all, I'd like to explain to you that Mr. Sherrick is a trance medium. I don't know whether any of you know anything about trance mediumship, but yes. Well, for those who, who don't, um, let me explain that when a medium goes into trance, discarnate entities or spirits or whatever you want to call them are able to enter his body and use his vocal cords to speak. Now, what happened? Mr. Sherrick was with his family one evening and he saw what seemed to be the outline of an American Indian standing against the curtain. And this entity made, um, made itself evident to him that he wanted to speak to the family. Mr. Sherrick went into trance and through him this spirit guide told the family that he used to live in America at the time um, when he said that seven stars came down to earth. He said that in these seven stars were white men and that they'd stayed with his people for some time. They taught them many things and then they'd gone on to meet other people. He gave some further information at that time and he also said that he would be coming back to give some more details. Now, Mr. Sherrick was rather surprised because this is not the type of thing which usually comes through on the spiritualist circle. In fact, it's so completely different it's left us all astounded. We discussed what had happened at the next meeting, and um, Mr. Sherrick, at the next spiritual circle meeting, went into trance again, and the same guide came through, and he told us a lot more. From an early stage, I started to take notes of what he'd said, and I took a tape recorder along to the meetings, and I taped some of the earlier um, settings, and after a while, this spirit guide went, and the place was taken by others who also gave further information. So that over a period of about nine months, we had quite a few trance sittings, each giving different aspects of this claimed extraterrestrial visit. Uh, at the same time, I was making notes and I started to study um, whatever I could see if I could find evidence. And I started with the cultures of the Middle East, the Babylonians, um, ancient Israel, the Egyptians, Sumerians, and I went into details on archaeology, mythology, traditions, religion, anything which seemed to be relevant. And the more I looked, the more <coughs> things fell into place. And I then, well, if the spirit guide said that he was 
an American Indian, then the next place to look is in America. So I started to study the traditions of the American Indians. And I found exactly the same stories were told by the American Indians. And I then went on further afield to the Aborigines in Australia, and I found that everywhere was the same story. Everything that we had on the tape, there was evidence in traditions and different cultures. Now, the, as um, I've said to Mr. Sherrick, um, there were no books in which you can read this. So there's no way that anybody could say that he absorbed it subconsciously, and that when he was in France, it was just his subconscious recalling something that he'd read in a book, because it wasn't something they could have read in any book. But the implications of um, what I've learnt are that the history of the ancient world is completely different to what we've been led to believe. Mm. I mean, many people believe that there's life in other parts of the universe, but um, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty and somebody says, well, I saw a UFO or I saw aliens, uh, they're generally ridiculed and they find it best to keep quiet. And especially when they say that they saw somebody uh, who looked like a human being, because um, the answer is, well, although there's a possibility of some form of life somewhere, we're not prepared to accept that there's life similar to man elsewhere. I think what I'd like to do at this stage is to play you one of the early tapes so you'll hear how things started. So if we can just start from this point. Uh, what you're going to hear is Mr. Sherrick in trance. Greetings to you, my friends. Greetings, my sisters and my brothers. I am pleased once more to be allowed to speak to the voice of the instrument. My name Quarter, and I use the medium body when I last visited you. There are many things that you wish to know, but there are only things that I am allowed to tell you. When I live on your earth plane, I was not clever man in your ways, but I was clever man in the ways of my people. When I spoke last time with you, I told you of the coming of the seven stars. I told you how from the seven stars come men. We were not allowed to go near to them. But after a period of time, they emerged from their outer covering and they showed us and they taught us many things. They taught us that their leader would not appear to us, but that in time one of us would be chosen to enter into one of their stars to speak with their Lord, their leader. When we eat our food, 
they did not eat with us. We eat the flesh of the animal, but they did not eat the flesh of the animal, but they eat little colored pebbles that they take from their little box. They have blue pebble, green pebble, and we are amazed that this is their food. They did not drink of our water, nor did they partake of our wines. They just used, how I say, they just used, in your language, but they just use their own water which they carry in containers. But their food only blue little round pebble, green round pebble, but never the food that we offer them. After many moons, I quote was chosen to enter into one of the stars. But first, my body had to be cleansed. And this they did by shining lights over my body. And then they dressed me in a robe of white and they make me wipe some girls for my feet. And they lead me into their star. And I was very much afraid. Inside the star were many colored lights. And they take me into a room. But I am afraid because the doors of the room slide open by themselves. They tell me, they leave me here. They sit me down and tell me not to be afraid. But I am afraid because I am only ignorant man and do not understand the way of these travelers. And then I feel very happy and I smell many beautiful fragrances. And I look in front of me and there is Kabani with beautiful curtains in front of the cabin. And I am told to close my eyes and then I hear the voice of their Lord who speak to me, who tell me that they come from far out in the space. He tell me that they will learn my people many things. And all that we are told and shown must be in ways of peace and love. He asked me 
if there is question that I wish to ask him, and I ask him, what name are you called, Master? And he say, I am called Lord. And I say, but I am also called Lord by my people. And he say, my name is Goda. And he say, I am called Lord Goda. And he tell me to stretch out my hands. But I must not look. I must keep my eyes closed. And I stretch out my hands. And he placed in my hands a star of light. And he said to me, Lord God, I say that if I am in need, the staff will be of assistance to me to contact Lord God. And then I go to sleep. And when I open my eyes again, I am outside of the staff. And I look at what Lord God has given to me. And it is a star of shining light. And I am told by one of the men from the star that this star has power of healing. And that if there come a time when my people are in need of water, the star being knocked against the rock will produce the water. He tell me if my people are ever in need to find gold or diamond from the earth, the star will lead me to them. And the star will stop on the position where I need to find what I seek for. He tell me that his name on his earth is called Mekal. He tell me that his companion is called Gabriel and that they will visit us again. He say they go now to visit other parts of the earth where they will train and show other people. But he said to me to remember the words of Lord God, to use the weapons in peace. He said to remember to be clean in thought, to be clean in body, and to remember their visit. He said that some of the travelers who have come with him have mingled with my women and that they will give forth children but these children will not look the same as my tribe. They will be very high in stature. They will have eye in center of their head. But 
more. We learn many moons later that there has been much evil that those in other parts of the world, universe, have not used the instruments that the travelers left for purposes of peace, that they have abused the teachings of Lord Goda. And Lord Goda has grown wild with anger and has set forth books from the heavens. this being without any evidence somewhere, well, you can just accept it or not accept it. But everything you heard on the tape is covered in traditions and cultures in all parts of the world. Everywhere, right through the ancient world, there were traditions of a great man who once came to earth. He taught brotherly love and peace, and he helped to civilize all peoples. The American Indians described him as white and bearded, and they represented him like this in stone. There have been numerous statues discovered of him, from Central America right down to South America, from Mexico to Peru. Traditions say that he wore a long white robe, that he wore white sandals, and he carried a strange staff. Often he would gather the Indians together and lecture them from a high rock. He was able to heal the sick by using his staff, and he could also use wa make water flow from the rocks. Now, this identical tradition is found right through the Americas. It's also in Polynesia, and the Australian Aborigines have something very similar. Many people acknowledge him as their ancestor, or some believe he was God. Tradition said that he would be returning at some stage, and the Incas in uh, Peru, and the Aztecs and other Indians in Central America, believed he would come back at a certain time. And the time that he was due to arrive, the Spanish came, and the Indians thought that he'd come back to Earth. And this is one of the reasons why the Spanish were able to overcome the Inca Empire and the Aztec Empire, because they thought that the gods, the white gods, had come back. Now, there were various symbols associated with this man, and one of them was the cross, which reflects the four directions. When the Spanish came to America, they found that the, in the Aztecs and the Maya were using the same cross as themselves. The Aztecs were also ritually bathing in water, and the Spanish thought that they had uncovered the work of the devil. Um, many of the early stories in the Bible are found in the New World, including versions of the story of the Tower of Babel. Now, according to the Spirit Guide, these white men had arrived in seven craft, which he called the seven stars. Now what I found that in every religion in the early world, 
seven stars had special significance. They were often symbolized by animals, and the animals were regarded as sacred. Quite often these animals were sacrificed to the white god. Another thing which I discovered from an early stage was the closely linked with this visit was the number seven. The number seven had similar religious significance also amongst many of the American Indians. In fact, it's identical with some of the American Indians to the Israelites. Now, the number seven runs right through the Bible in all the main biblical stories involved with the number seven, and particularly the flood story. Um, many people think that Noah took on the ark a pair of, of every animal, but uh, if you read the Bible, it says it's on seven pair of every clean animal and seven of every bird. Noah's father was Lamesh. Lamesh lived 777 years, had 77 children, and will be avenged 77-fold. Now this continually repeated through the Bible with people having seven children, doing things in seven. We all know the seven lean years and the seven fat years in the dream. But not only does this go through the Bible, it doesn't just go through the, the Jewish religion, it goes through Islam, which came later. But uh, that, we might say, well, it's not surprising because Islam borrowed on early traditions. But it doesn't end there because the Hindus had exactly the same, the Buddhists have exactly the same. And the Sioux Indians, the Hopi Indians, the Cherokee, they all had similar traditions. Um, often these traditions involving the number seven were linked with seven stars with a staff or with a civilizing god who came to earth. In the old world we have the tradition of the seven heavens. Uh, um, there may or there may not be higher entities whom we call angels, but whether there are or there aren't, according to the Western religions, Jewish religion, Christian religion and Muslim religion, the archangels come, there are seven in number, and they come from the seven heavens. Now, when we go to Central America, we find seven gods who came from seven caves. When we look at the Hindu religion, we find the Hindus claim descent from seven celestial rishis who were married to seven stars. Now, the same is repeated everywhere in the peoples of Africa. And um, peoples divide themselves into seven tribes, in seven groups. They claim descent from seven men, seven gods, seven ancestors. It goes on from one culture to another culture, and it's been going on for thousands of years in all parts of the world. The only amazing thing is that nobody seems to have linked it together in the past. Now, another thing I found involving number seven, which seemed to me a reference to the seven craft, was a tradition relating to seven circles. Now, there were, there were, relig there were rituals in the Jewish religion, the Muslim religion, the Hindu religion, amongst Buddhists, amongst Hopi Indians, all in which seven circles are evolved. People go around in seven circles. There are seven circles in um, rituals, in religious arts. All the main pagodas in the Far East have seven circles on them or on seven levels. The number seven goes uh, right through all the religions um, in a similar way. You can link up symbolism with the early pyramids, the Egyptian pyramids. They had seven levels built into them. The same with the Sumerians, the Babylonians. Some of the, the, um, the, the temples in America are also built on seven levels. There was one in Peru, um, Central America. And people, for thousands of years, in different parts of the world, have been doing the same thing, not realizing that other peoples were doing the same. I mean, if you ask 
a Hindu, but why he does something concerning another seven, he will find you a reason which relates to his religion. But he won't realize that maybe that the Muslim is going around the Kaaba stone at Mecca seven times, just the same as that in his marriage ceremony he is going around in seven circles as well. Um, the number seven, people had rituals lasting seven days, birth, marriage, and death. They affected their calendar. Um, the number seven, the seventh month was the holiest. I mean, in the, our calendar, the seventh day of the week of the Sabbath. Oh, we would just accept that. Um, it comes from the Bible, um, and it's just accepted without any thought. But the seventh position, or the seventh level, or the seventh sound of a seventh sound, it's continuous. Um, we have in our films, uh, right through in present times, we've got films Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Uh, we have uh, Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent Seven was taken from a Japanese film, which is called Seven Samurai. But these traditions go back for thousands of years. People in all parts of the world, from the Greeks uh, with their seven wise men and the Babylonians with their seven wise men, everybody has been telling these stories uh, for thousands of years in all parts of the world, and nobody seems to realize that everybody else is doing the same thing. Glastonbury Tour has got seven paths around it, and it's another form of the same symbolism which you can find with the pyramids and with the Babylonian temples. Uh, one thing I've discovered is that these star men were the gods in every early religion, and this included the Stone Age people. The Stone Age continued in some parts of the world long after it finished in Europe and England. And what we find is that when you look at the Stone Age culture, you find that some of the Australian Aborigines have rituals which relate to the visit to Earth of a man who was bearded and he carried a staff. Their rituals involve the same patterns as early England. The Stone Age people spread right across Europe. They spread right through Asia and across the islands and they reached Australia. There were stone circles in Australia, there were standing stones. Things which are in Australia you also find right through Asia and over here as well. And quite often we can link it in with number seven. The Australians have got similar traditions about groups of seven stars which appeared amongst the American Indians and all other parts of the world. Some of, as I said, some of the, um, the seven stars, uh, particularly the plough, or Ursa Major, which we call it, was represented by an animal. Uh, in the Middle East, Ursa Major was represented by a bull. So you've got the bull cults of the Old World. Now, similarly, right across the cold lands in North Asia and North America, it's the bear. And the bear, we have found the bear cults in the same areas. And people had people regard the bear as um, sacred. Mm -hmm. And this has been going on for quite a long time um, with different animals in different parts representing seven stars. Also, the, another group of seven stars is Orion. Uh, Orion has three stars of the belt and, has f and also four surrounding stars. Now, seven stars of Orion have also had special religious significance in religions in all parts of the world, from the Egyptians to the Hopi Indians, and they, they all have links with the gods. And the gods are normally seven in number. Now, earlier this century, there were some Freemasons, um, particularly one whose name was Mr. Albert Churchward, 
discovered that some of the secret rituals of the Australian Aborigines were very similar to others in Freemasonry amongst the American Indians and ancient Egypt. And it seems that these rituals were spread across the ancient world and they were followed from one culture to another. And Freemasonry is borrowed on the early religions of the East, probably a lot from Egypt. And so you find things in Freemasonry which have links for no apparent reason uh, with an Australian Aborigine. And number seven comes into Freemasonry, it comes into alchemy, early magic. In fact, wherever you look, you find the same thing repeated. The Mithraic religion also. Uh, they had seven steps, they used flights of seven steps in their rituals. Now another thing was that on the tape it was mentioned that there were evil people at that time and destruction was sent down from the heavens. Most people know the flood story in the Bible, but not many realize that the same story was told by every single people right throughout the world from the most primitive to the most advanced. The flood story is everywhere and it was long there before the time of the coming of the missionaries so there was no way that it was spread by the missionaries. Many of the flood stories of the high civilizations are very similar and you can link them in with the number seven. Another thing that nobody seems to have adequately explained is that the great civilizations of the old world all sprang up at the same time fully developed. Now this is the Egyptian civilization, the Sumerians. There wasn't a slow development uh, which went on for thousands of years. Five thousand years ago the Sumerians suddenly appeared fully civilized and so did the Egyptians. Um, nobody knows where the Egyptians came from, nobody knows where the Sumerians came from and uh, scholars still argue where the original homeland was. But the Sumerian traditions say that their civilization followed the flood and that they came from a lost land which had been destroyed in the flood. Now that there is evidence of a flood around 5,000 years ago, both in the Middle East and around the, the Atlantic region. Most of the flood stories around the world tell the same story. They say the earth was once visited by a great man who helped civilize peoples. But there was much evil at that time and he destroyed an evil race with the flood. Then he returned to heaven and was seen no more. Scholars may tell you that the ancestors of the American Indians crossed over the Bering Straits from Asia thousands of years ago. Traditions of the American Indians, however, say that many of them came from a land which was destroyed in a flood. Plato said that Atlantis was destroyed by the gods. My studies suggest that these gods were the star men. When the Europeans arrived in the Americas, the Indians told them that their ancestors had been taught by men from the stars. And needless to say, these traditions were not taken seriously, but you can still find them in books on mythology. One thing that I'm convinced is that there were early civilizations long before ours and long before the Egyptians, who have been forgotten, and their remains may be buried beneath the sea or beneath the deserts. Uh, because of our advanced technology, we think we're the greatest civilization ever. But the indications are that 5,000 years ago, men were, men were very advanced with building techniques, medicine, and the arts, and that these, these techniques later declined. 
There is much yet for us to learn, but in order to do so, we must keep our minds open, and we shouldn't be fearful if we discover that the world that we live in is not what we imagined. Spirit guides tell us that associated with our physical world is another dimension which they call the spirit world. They also say that there are other physical worlds, each with its own spirit dimension. My research suggests that 5,000 years ago, Earth was visited by some of the beings from one of these physical worlds. Their visit drastically affected mankind and has done so ever since. Thank you.